Les's League. Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League in all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's talk about the two World Cup games we've just had. I got the chance to watch both of them and they were absolute blowouts. Now, the second one, Australia v Fiji, it wasn't the traditional blowout. Australia had to earn every single try they got, whereas England and Samoa, it was just a blowout, an absolute blowout, 60-6. to It was definitely the scoreline we weren't expecting to see in that game. We're not going to go into it too much. A few guys didn't turn up that needed to turn up. Jerome Luai, Hamaso Tabiwai Fado got injured. Uh, Braden Hamanueli got injured. Uh, and so did Tyrone May as well. Braden Hamanueli, a suspected broken lower leg. I think Hamaso Tabiwai Fado did his syndesmosis. I've been there. It is a shit injury. Uh, and then you've also got Tyrone May, who's dislocated his hip as well. So pretty nasty injuries, uh, and it's going to take a long time to get back from those. Hopefully, though, they'll be back for game one next season, particularly Hamaso Tabiwafado. Syndesmosis injuries, depending on the grading, are quite easy to come back from. So hopefully, he gets a bit of luck with the grading, and it all goes well for him. England and Samoa, though, England just absolutely teared them up. Plenty of try scorers, including Dominic Young, who made his debut for the England side on the wing. Jeez, he's a star of the future. 168 metres, 40 post-contact metres, and then we've got three tackle busts, two line breaks, and obviously two tries as well. Massive effort from him. Herbie Farnworth as well in the centres, 182 metres. Just an absolute freak. His other centre, Callum Watkins, 202 metres. I mean, absolute metre readers in this side. A few stars as well. Tom Burgess getting a try in this game as well. Didn't think we were going to see a Tom Burgess try, but that's what we got. Victor Radley as well. 138 metres, 31 post contact, 16 tackles, only one miss there. Uh, And he also set up three tries. So massive effort from Victor Radley. Awesome game from him, and he got the man of the match in that one. Look, not much to say about this game. As I said before, Samoa, some guys, uh, particularly in the spine, didn't really turn up to this one. I mean, Joseph Suwali'i ran for 200 metres, was just everywhere. But yeah, some guys in this side just did not turn up, and unfortunately, they They got absolutely flogged here by England. A very strong England side as well. Some massive stars, as we said before, in this one. Elliot Whitehead as well. He scored two tries in this game. Uh, It was just a really solid game. A really solid game from the NRL stars, from the Super League stars in this England side. 60-6 to was the scoreline. Not too much else to talk about there. But Australia v Fiji. You've got to give a lot of credit to Valentine Holmes. you really got to give a lot of credit to Valentine Holmes. Kicking every Every single conversion. Massive wraps on Valentine Holmes. He did look dangerous every time he got the ball. Had some nice carries there, Valentine Holmes. I would have liked to have seen a lot more of Valentine Holmes with the footy in his hand. The ball wasn't taken to that side. They were very reliant on their left-hand side. The Kangaroos, Harry Grant gifting it off to guys like Cameron Munster, Latrell Mitchell, Josh Adokar and Angus Crichton as well. He ran for 200 metres in this game. That left side was absolutely clinical and uh, they had a really, really strong game in this flogging. 42-8 to eight was the final scoreline. Semi Valame opened up the scoring for Fiji and I'm just sitting there going, is Fiji going to beat us here? Is Fiji going to beat the Kangaroos? And then the Kangaroos were just coming out firing. Obviously, Jeremiah Nanai scores the first try for the Kangaroos and after that, 
they were on a roll. Josh Addo Carr, 100 metre try. Then you've got Angus Crichton scoring as well. Latrell Mitchell, Harry Grant, Tedesco, and then Addo Carr again. It was a very strong game here from the Kangaroos. I could sing their praises this whole podcast, but there were a few things I was concerned about, particularly Daly Cherry Evans. Now, obviously, there's going to be a few players returning to this side, in particular Isaiah Yo, Cameron Murray will most likely move into the back row. Jeremiah Nanai will go to the bench to take Ruben Cotter's spot. Obviously, Ruben Cotter, he has concussion, and it is mandatory that he misses the next game. Unfortunately, he was awesome in that game as well. Some tough carries from the little fella as well, Ruben Cotter. Thought he had a really strong debut for the 31 minutes that he was on the field. By the way, all the forwards in this game did not miss a tackle. Tino Fasulamala Aoi, 17 tackles, zero miss. Jake Trevojevic, 28 tackles, zero miss. Angus Crichton, 32 tackles, zero miss. Jeremiah Nanai missing two, but he still made 30 tackles. And then you've got Cameron Murray, 32 tackles, zero missed. You've got Jackie Whiten off the bench. We've got... Five tackles, zero miss. Five tackles, not too impressive, but zero miss when he came on the field to play in the center. So pretty solid knock there. Patrick Carrigan, 22 tackles, zero missed. Ruben Cotter, 17 tackles, zero missed. Harry Grant, 27 tackles and zero missed. What an effort from these boys. What an effort. Now, as I said, I could sing the praises of the Kangaroos all day, but we've got to talk about Daly Cherry Evans. It was a bit concerning that he couldn't get the ball to the right-hand side of the field. He is a leader in this side. He's one of the veteran players in this side. He went super quiet. Now, I know Cameron Munster got a lot of the ball, uh, and that obviously opened up opportunities for guys uh, like Cameron Munster, like Angus Crichton, like Latrell Mitchell, like Josh Adokar on that left-hand side of the field, but... Daly Cherry Evans, he got no ball. He wasn't asking for the ball. He got the ball a few times, but was shut down. It was quite concerning how quiet he was in this game. Very, very quiet. Valentine Holmes didn't get many touches. Neither did Murray Tawalungi. And neither did Jack White. And you look at the stats from Jack White here in the time that he was playing in the centers. He ran for 46 meters. He had three hit-ups. He did not get the ball much at all. And that is really concerning, as I said, for Daly Cherry Evans. It looks like he won't be the halfback going into the next game. I would be picking Nathan Cleary. I think Nathan Cleary as well. He'd bring a bit of structure into this side, partnering him up with Cameron Munster, building that combination there of Nathan Cleary and Cameron Munster for the future as well. I think that is crucial to do, absolutely crucial, and I think that's going to be the halves pairing moving forward. I think that Daly Cherry Evans, unfortunately, has lost his spot. Now, I can definitely see Mal Meninga Obviously, since he's the incumbent, keeping Daly Cherry Evans in this side. But look, it is going to be very 50-50. I think that Mal would be thinking a lot similar to guys like Ray Alexander, who were preaching the praises of Nathan Cleary to come into this side. And I think it's time too. I think Nathan Cleary should have been there anyway. Obviously, got to recover from being on the pen and ink after the grand final. The pen and ink, if you know what I mean, the drink. But he's definitely a shoe-in next game, Nathan Cleary. I just think that Daly Cherry Evans, after that one... I think it just proves that it's time for a switch in the number seven jersey, or should I say the number two and the
the number 14 jersey and you bring in a guy like Nathan Cleary to play in the 7 jersey. I think it's time. I think it's what's going to happen. He only ran for 59 metres as well when you've got Cameron Munster on the other side of the park running for 102 metres in the number 7 jersey, but he's playing in the number 6. So look, positives for Australia. Obviously, the defence in the forwards was absolutely sensational. The defence in the forwards was immaculate. Uh, the thing that concerns me, obviously one, being Daly Cherry Evans, will he be in that spot next game? We don't know. I believe that Nathan Cleary, if he's not in the starting 7 jersey, he'll be on the bench in the number 14, being brought onto the field to play halfback mid-game. I think that's the way they're going to go. But also, they get very excited the kangaroos I find that when they do get on a groove or you know when they're on the front foot but other sides jam in their face and they get a bit too excited on third or fourth tackle and they just do something stupid they try to go down a short side or go for big plays when they're not on and it costs them it costs them errors it costs them field possession as well and that leads me into the Fiji side they had plenty of opportunities in fact their completion rate was only just higher than ours. Now, the possession was 52-48, so they had somewhat equal possession. The completion rate, they completed at 76%. Australia completed at 71 Now, the only reason that ours is a little bit lower is because we had more sets. We completed 27 out of 38 sets. They completed 26 out of 34 sets. Now, obviously... We had a few errors in us. Obviously, Angus Crichton with the play the balls, those two errors that he got with the play the balls. It was just keen to get a quick play the ball. And obviously, we handed over the ball on our 20 or on our 30 both times. And it gave Fiji plenty of opportunities to run away with it. I thought if there's any positives here for the Fiji side, Sania Taruva obviously playing fullback for the side in this one. 145 metres, 49 post contact, two tackle bus. He was really dangerous. Dangerous. Every time he got the ball, I thought that he was just an absolute meter reader. He was taking hit-ups when the forwards weren't. He looked incredible to Ruva. So he is going to be dangerous for some of the lower-grade sides that they verse going into the next few weeks. They've obviously got Italy uh, next Sunday, the 23rd of October at 12.30 in the morning. Jesus Christ, do not get me up for that one. And then 3 a.m. the next week against Scotland. So I think they're definitely capable of winning both. Both of those games, just based on their defense, rushing up on guys like Latrell Mitchell, but they've got to keep that consistent throughout the whole game. Obviously, they'd have some really great defensive sets, and then they'd slide off a bit. Now, they'd come back and have some more great defensive sets, and then they'd slide off a bit. Like, it was very inconsistent. I think they needed to keep that consistency in defense, and obviously, capitalizing on opportunities as well. They got plenty of ball when we made errors and gave them ball on our line. We gave them plenty of opportunities to score some points in our end, but they didn't capitalize on those. They need to capitalize on those. Now, Abby Corosio didn't have his best game in this one, obviously. I think there was about two errors from him. I remember two knock-ons out of dummy half. He needs to be a bit more consistent there. A little bit better service as well. His service was a bit 50-50 in that game. I think over the next two weeks against Scotland and against Italy, I think he's going to explode. He's going to look really good with the football in his hands. I can't wait to see how he goes, but he definitely needs to improve from that game against Australia. He definitely needs to have a big game in the next one he plays. Viliami Kikau, there were some inconsistencies in his game as well. Nine tackles and six missed. He definitely needs to improve on that. But Suba Wong on the other side of the park, 
three tackles, only four missed. He ran for 88 metres in that game with 46 post-contact metres. I thought he was solid in that one. Like, he was very quiet in some stages of the game, and you'd expect that from a debutant. But I thought his first game, starting in the side, playing the full 80, I thought he was solid as. Now, the two starting front rowers, the number 17, I don't know how to pronounce his name, and I don't want to be disrespectful by trying. Uh, And then the other front rower, Tui Kamika Mika. I thought that both of those guys really set the tone of the match for Fiji. I thought they were the leaders in the forward pack, running for 100 metres each and both getting around about 50 post-contact metres as well. I thought both of those guys were solid for Fiji. As I said, just a bit of consistency in attack, a bit of consistency in defence as well. Uh, I think it will get Fiji a long way in this competition. They had a pretty solid side out on the park. Obviously, as I said, Viliami Kikiao, Sua Wong, Tui Kamika Mika, Brandon Wakem. I thought that in stints, he was impressive. Uh, there were some pretty decent performances from the Fiji side. The standout for me was obviously Sunia Taruva. I thought he was fantastic, but Australia, a really solid game. All I think they need to really improve on, obviously, is their consistency uh, and just a bit of patience. Add a bit of patience to that side. A bit of conservatism, I think. Bringing Nathan Cleary into the seven, he'll really calm the side down a bit and bring a bit of structure to the side. I think that's all that the Australian Kangaroos really need versing the harder teams in this competition. Now, they have got a pretty easy next few weeks. We've got Scotland uh, next Saturday. And then, I believe, on Sunday... At 5.30am, we have Italy. So that's going to be unreal. Two massive blowouts to start the World Cup in round one. 60-6, England beat Samoa. 42-8, Australia beat Fiji. I can't wait for tomorrow's game. I'm going to get up to watch New Zealand v Lebanon. I feel like that's going to be a pretty solid game. By the time this podcast comes out, I would have already watched it. And I'll have a review of that game after I watch it as well. Later.